good. Well, I'm going to need you to speak for me every now and again this morning. Um, so why don't you get your, uh, your notebooks, pens, Bibles, iPhones, iPads, no Samsung Galaxies, please Miranda and um, Paul. Just, just been noticing the Samsungs, the growth of that market in our church. and Unacceptable. Unacceptable. All right? It's Apple only. Thus saith the pastor. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, why don't you get it all ready and let's pray and commit this time to the Lord before he leaves the building. Amen. Father, we do thank you for the opportunity to come around your word and learn from you. And Father, we do want to do that today. I pray that God, um, people here today, including myself, we would hear your spirit and what you're um, saying to us corporately as a church and what you're saying to us individually. Father, I thank you that George would help me bring the words um, to a point of revelation for every person here. Let the word go deep into our hearts so that, Father, we can change and be more like your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, bless this time together and enable me to preach the word. Amen. Amen. Is this sounding all right? Is it sounding a bit weird? Or is it just me? No? It's good? I sound good, you say? It's very good. Well, this morning, before I go into the, just preaching what I, what I um, want to speak about today, I just want to speak to the vision offering we're taking up next week, a Sunday in our morning service briefly. Now, once a year, we take up what is a vision offering, and it enables us to do our year and, and uh, go after that, those areas that we're re- really looking to build in. It enables us to do things that we couldn't do without that extra investment of finance and, and your generosity. Um, so in a couple of areas we look to invest in uh, with that um, money that we give, that you've given so generously and sacrificially, is we, we invest into the weekly running of our church in areas that, that really help us minister to people. So one of the areas we're looking to um, really um, bless this year is those mums. It's a growing group of mums. There's about 30 who come out on a um, fortnight that we're able to, a lot don't come to our church, but we're able to minister to them, give them food, um, put resource into their hands. That's what we want to do this year. And so areas like that, another area that we um really look to invest into is um, your pastors. It enables us to um, receive ministry into our own lives, to get into um, environments where we can receive ministry for our marriage, for our family, for our ministry, and for our future, to enable us to be strong for the work God's called us to do here as a church. And so we invest into our pastors. And then our, the people who carry responsibility in, in our church, the kids' workers, we, we like to invest into them going to conferences and get resource into their hands. We, we like to invest into the worship team because weekly, they come along and they lead us in worship. We want their skill to be strong, but also spiritually, we want them to know what it's like to minister for God to the people of God and lead people into worship. So we invest into taking them to conferences, putting resource into their hands. And so there are a number of areas that we invest into, and we're able to do that, not out of our weekly running budget, that we, we really rely on us, on you and me being generous this one time a year. Um, especially in giving over and above what we usually give into the vision offering. So I want to encourage you to prayerfully consider that. Consider it into your budget and be be wise and um, prayerful about how you can be a part of that um, offering next week. But another thing I want to speak to is this year, 
what I'd like you to consider as well is just an ongoing, um, maybe you'd, you'd be able, you are able to in your budget to stretch a little more on a weekly basis this year. Because as things like the mums group and kids ministry, and as we bring on a youth ministry, as that grows, we're going to rely on regular weekly sums to enable those ministries to be strong. Amen? And so maybe that's a possibility for you this year is to grow your regular weekly giving. If that's a possibility, we'd love for you to consider it, prayerfully consider it with wisdom and, uh, and do that. Amen? So that's what's coming up. Does everybody understand that? And you're welcome to come and ask me questions straight after this morning service or in the week as you think about it and pray about it. Get in touch and ask as many questions as you have. Amen? Amen? Awesome. Let's get into the Word of God this morning. I want to talk, last week and weeks leading up to this, I've, I've, um, we've been speaking about being on mission for Jesus Christ. Amen? Everybody remember that, right? We're speaking about being on mission for Jesus Christ and what that means. Last week I gave us five areas that we can be, five ways in which we can be on mission for God. And I want to unpack that over the coming weeks. But today I want to speak about the prayerful or, or, or the praying missionary. Because there's more than one way to be on mission for God. If you just think it's being on mission for God is door knocking or standing on street corners or, or leaving your job and career, I think you're going to miss out. On, on the huge part of what God has for you, amen? Because you can be on mission, highly employed, earning lots of money, with a big family. You can be on mission with none of those things, amen? There are many ways that you can be on mission for God. And I want to talk about one way this morning that you can be on mission, and, and that is be, being someone who knows the value and the importance of praying. Samuel Chadwick says, the one concern of the devil is to keep the saints from praying. He fears nothing from prayerless studies, prayerless work, prayerless religion. He laughs at our toil, mocks at our wisdom, but trembles when we pray. And I, I just think that captures nicely um, the importance of prayer. But let's look at some scripture in a moment. In, as I speak, why don't you turn to Luke chapter 11. I really like Luke chapter 11 when talking about or, or teaching on prayer. Because when we look at the life of Jesus Christ, we find that he seemed to purposefully pray out loud or in view of his disciples. And if not, he would say, stay here, I'm going away to pray. And he constantly showed them that a key part of his life and his mission was prayer. It was an integral part of what he did, and he made that very obvious. And he gave, us, gave them, gave us, a lot of lesson around being a prayer. And so Luke chapter 11, and verse, from verse 1, says, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. Everybody got Luke chapter 11? One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Now, just let me just stop for a second. What I love, and, I, and I've said this before, what I really love about that disciple's heart, it's a heart of humility. You know, there, there's a lot that you can learn by just being close to someone. We learn that off our parents. Just watching Taylor, yesterday Hannah did some baking that 
We've still got it home. Praise the Lord. How many love when your wife bakes? And, and so, and Taylor was writing, oh, can I help you? And she was watching. And there's so much that she would learn by just being in the room. Amen. But it's a real heart of humility and a real intense desire to learn when you take it a step further and say, teach me how. There's a real um, heart attitude that goes with that. There's a real humility. And there's a lot that we can learn about prayer by just being in church, by listening to me pray or or listening to um, the worship team pray to God and listening to people around you pray. There's a lot that you can learn. But there's a heart attitude that comes with, Lord, teach me how to pray. It's a real humility before God. I want to encourage you to say, God, if you really want to be on mission with God by, by being a prayer, come on, say, God, teach me how to pray. Amen? I love the humility in that. And that's why I constantly ask God, God, teach me how to pray. And there's a lot that I can pick up in the environment of church. But I'm saying, God, I want you to teach me how to pray. And so... And the, verse 2 says, He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, said to them Suppose you have a friend. Anybody got a friend in here? I just want to put out there, they've got something like a thousand on Facebook put it in there for what it's worth. You know, it's not about the numbers. But <laughs> Suppose you have a friend or a few thousand of them on Facebook, none in real life, and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer them. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door's already locked and my children And I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. Listen to verse 8. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, father, which of you fathers, if your sons ask for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you... If you then, though you are evil, thanks Jesus, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give you the Holy, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Now, a few things I want to pick up on in that passage of Scripture as we move on this morning, because verse eight is, is significant to me. Because the analogy Jesus is giving you, he says in verse 8, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity. Now, just just, just stopping there for a second and looking at what Jesus is is trying to help the, the believers understand is that 
Just because we have relationship doesn't mean that it's just going to... God knows what I need. I don't need to ask Him. He, he knows what I need. He knows we, we need this week. He knows we need this month. He knows that if He doesn't come through for my friend and family, they're never going to know Him. He knows, so I don't even need to ask. He knows my heart. But what Jesus is teaching here is that I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity. There are passages in the scripture where Jesus teaches and tells parables of a widow persistent or or someone trying to find a coin, just just looking persistently. There, there, are, there are times where it's just constantly going back to the Father and, and saying, come on, God, we need you to break through on this. And, and friend, what you've got to understand, it's not just because God knows your heart doesn't mean He's not waiting for you to ask. Come on, He knows your heart. But the teaching of Jesus is ask of the Father. Seek the Father. Knock. Amen? Come on, there are things in your life right now that just because you're a friend of God doesn't mean you're qualified to just receive. He's wanting you to grow and develop your relationship with Him. Amen? One thing I've learned about prayer is that I'm not praying to an inactive God. I'm not praying to a reluctant God, a God who just doesn't want to get up and, and work on my behalf. Who thinks, actually, if you did a few more things in this area, if you met with me daily, if you actually read a few more chapters every morning, then I'll answer your prayer. That's not the God I'm praying to. Amen? I'm praying to a willing father who loves. He says, I'm, I'm a good father. And if you ask me, I'll give you, not, not just random things that you don't need, I'll give you good. I'll give you the Holy Spirit, the helper, the counselor, the one you really need in this life. And friend, let me tell you, don't just settle for getting stuff. Don't stop praying when you think you've got the breakthrough because you've got stuff from God. Amen? Come on, how many of you know, if I've been praying, well, I mean, I remember praying for Hannah because I, at 16 years old, uh, about 15, I would got with God and said, God, what are you doing with my life? I'm getting on here 15 years old. I'm really getting on. My years are flying past my eyes. And God, you've brought nobody to me. Why hast thou forsaken me, Lord? Remember, our oh, church, I was just crying out to God. 15 and hopelessly abandoned by the Lord. Or so it seemed. And then I was in the Mercury Theater just down Newton Road there in the city in church, crying out to God one day, and then down the front of church walked the, the blessing of the Lord, the favor of God. Church, the, 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 the heavens opened up and light shone in. And I knew, yes, I will marry that one, Lord. I will marry the answer of the Lord. Amen. And now we stand here today and she's realized that she's married the gift of the Lord as well. And it's just, it just worked out. But let me tell you something, church. Prayer doesn't stop when you get the answer of God. Amen. Daily, I've got to pray for Hannah. I've got to pray for my family. I've got to pray for the daughter that we so asked God for. 
I've got a keeper in prayer. Friend, there's areas of finance where God comes through and he, and he brings finance into our life after praying and areas over our business and, and over our future and areas where we want to invest for Taylor and for Roman. When God comes through in areas, it doesn't mean I stop praying there. See, because the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I've seen him in my own life trying to steal, to kill, and destroy. I've seen him so many times in other people's lives. And, and, I, and, and one thing I've realized about praying to God, it's not about getting God active on my part, but a lot, constantly aligning myself, aligning my family, my work, my career, my futures, constantly aligning those things to the heart of God. Amen? And so what you've got to realize today, that just when you get stuff, don't stop the prayer. It's still as important as ever to continually pray. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 20 tells us why it's so important to, to pray. First Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 20. It says, because before the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 20, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. And you've got to realize today that the kingdom that you flourish in and live in and, and work and have your way in is not a kingdom of this world. It's not just in word. It's not just you saying, I'm going to change today. Come on, you need power to change today. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work and be successful in what I do. You don't, you don't, that's not just in word. You need power for that. Come on, to reach all generations, to build for future generations, that's not just in word. We require power for that. And friend, for the very area that God has called you and for the church that God's calling us to build on the North Shore, for the people of our city, it requires power. And what prayer does, it helps us enter into and live in and function in the kingdom that is in power. And so come on right now. I want you to think about every area of your life right now where you say, God, I want this area of my life to be functioning in the kingdom of power. Come on right now. Bring it before God. And that's what prayer enables you to do. 1 Timothy chapter 2. Why don't you turn to the book of 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. Come on, the Bible urges, urges us all to pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Pray without stopping. Make a lifestyle out of it. Generations Church, if we're going to be on mission for God, we need to be praying for each other. Praying for our church, praying for your pastors, where to be praying for you, praying for one another, those in work, those who need work, those with families, those who need, who want to be in families, come on, be put in families, grow a family. We need to be praying for each other. First Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1 says, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good 
and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Jesus Christ. Amen? See, the church is to pray for all people and for kings and all those in authority. See, each, each part of, of Jesus' prayer here is related to the mission. First, pray for all people. He says that petitions, prayers, and intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and those in authority. How many know that those in authority influence, have an influence and an effect on how we run our daily lives? And it's important for the church to be praying for all those in authority. And, and, and why? And, and it gives the reasoning for this as well, but we're going to talk about this in a second. See, the rationale be behind this pray for all pe people, that petitions and, and thanksgiving, the rationale behind this constant prayer for everybody is that the salvation of all people everywhere is God's will. That's why God's asking us to pray. He says, I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants, here's the rationale and the reasoning for all that prayer, who wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Come on, that's why. We pray it pleases God, and it pleases God who wants all people to come to the knowledge of truth. Come on, we need people advancing the cause of Christ in the earth through prayer. Come on, let this meeting, let this time of ministry, let the Holy Spirit spark something in those who know you have a ministry to pray, a calling to advance and protect and, and to move things forward in prayer. Come on, that, that's us all. But, but I'm just in, the, in this moment speaking to those who just know that it's the call of God in your life. You know that when you do, things shift and change and move and, and your heart, there's a grace for you to pray. Come on, how many just know that God's called you to that? Come on, there, there are people who are just graced for that, for intercession and intercessory prayer. Come on, I want to call you to the fore in this meeting and say God is calling you in this season, the mission and the cause of Christ. God is saying, come on, make petitions available. Petition God. Let prayers and intercession and thanksgiving be made for all the people and all those in authority. See, friend, I want to encourage us all today. Pray for every aspect of the gospel and the mission in your life. And, and that the church is on. Pray for the gospel. Pray for the mission that we're on as a church. Come on, make it part of your daily prayer life. Pray for the initial planning and to the opening of doors for the mission. Pray for the planning and pray for the opening of doors. Come on, we need to see shift and change in that. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 3. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 3. The Word of God says in Colossians chapter 4 and verse 3, And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, 
so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Come on, pray for the planning and the opening of the doors so that the gospel can go forward. Come on, we need prayers noting that down this morning. I'm going to pray for the planning and the preparation so that we can see doors open for bold proclamation of the gospel. Amen? Come on, another area that we want to, um, we want to pray into is to seed sowing and boldness to preach. We want to pray into this church to seed sowing and a boldness to preach. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 19 is our scripture reference here. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 19 says, Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. See, friend, pray for me. Because when I pray for you, I'm praying the same thing. God, as our church gets opportunities in this world, in their week, that they will have the right words. Come on, we need that kind of prayer. We need the Holy Spirit, the helper that God sent. We need Him helping us in this area. Friend, we need people praying this prayer. God, we pray for the seed sowing and boldness to preach, that the right words will be given us. Come on, is there somebody who's going to be praying these prayers for us today? Come on, church. We need um, people praying to thanks and in, in thanksgiving for changed lives. We need people praying in thanksgiving for changed lives. First Thessalonians chapter one and verse two is our scripture reference. First Thessalonians chapter one and verse two says, "We also thank God for all of you and continually mention you." In our prayers. This was a group of people that, that um, Paul had seen grow in Christ and come to know Christ. And he says, we always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. Come on, friend. I want to encourage you. How often do you pray for your church, for these people that sit around you? Come on, I, I, in this moment, I want to distinguish between the organization church, the the, the pastors who look after and responsibility and the systems that make church happen. And then I want the biblical church, which is you and me. Those are two understandings we have of church. And there's a biblical understanding. You and I, living flesh and bones of the church. I want you praying for this church. Amen. Thank God for changed lives. Thank God that lives are being changed. Constantly, people are growing in their marriage. Kids are getting fed the gospel and truth and, and hope has been put in their hearts from a young age. Pray and thank God that every week we get to come and sit in an environment like this and learn from the scriptures together and get stronger for the personal mission and the corporate mission that God has for us. Come on, pray in thanksgiving for changed lives. Amen? Make that part of your prayer life. That's how we live on mission. That's how you be a missionary for God through prayer. That's how you be a missionary for the cause of Christ through prayer. We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We all have a part to play in the mission of the church and the cause of Christ. And today I'm showing you how through prayer you can play a part in the cause of Christ, in the mission of Christ.
Amen? I'm showing you today how you can be. You can say, I am advancing the cause of Christ in the earth. Because daily I pray, I give thanks for our church folk. I give thanks for those who are growing in God and getting to know Him. I pray that opportunities come up for those who are ready and willing to be used by God. I pray that seeds will be sown and doors of opportunity will be open for the church, the people of God. That people in employment would have opportunities to grow in that employment and, and share the gospel and be a light in their place. That's where you can say, you can say, I'm, I'm on mission with the church. Because I pray into these areas. Amen? Hallelujah. I want to give you six things this morning. Before I let you go into that big, wide, wet world out there, I want to give you six things that the New Testament church prayed for. And they prayed for a lot more than six things. But you only give me a certain amount of time on a Sunday. We really need to talk about this, church. I really like a good three, four hours on a Sunday morning to preach this. But Phil, I can see it in your face, just not willing. I can see it in your face, just not willing. (laughs) I got six things today that I'd like for you to know about what the early church prayed for. And just to help you understand what you could be praying for. Amen? So six things amongst many others. First of all, they called on God to vindicate his people in their cause. I'll show you what I mean. Luke chapter 18 and verse 7. Luke chapter 18 and verse 7. And, I, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? Come on, church. You've got to know today that God will vindicate his church as we keep praying for the salvation of those around us, as we keep praying for the advancement of the kingdom and the establishment of the kingdom of God on the earth, will He not vindicate us? Will He keep putting us off? Come on, you've got to understand today that we've got to continue to pray, God, that you will hear us. Come on, remember today, we're not praying to a reluctant God. A God who's not willing to move on our part. But we are praying to a God who says, come on, I want you to be bold in your prayers towards me. Come on, that's the God we're praying to. And so the early church, they prayed and they called on God to vindicate them in their mission and in their cause. Secondly, they called on God to save unbelievers or the unchurched, the not yet churched. They called on God to save people. Romans chapter 10 and verse 1 says, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. Come on, the early church prayed. Prayed. See, what I've got to remember with this responsibility of leading our church is that not just to get caught up in getting in front of people and and doing, doing, doing to see people saved. That's a very important part of the journey that someone goes on, is the church, them being exposed to the church, people, Christians. But what we've got to remember is that prayer is powerful in seeing people open up, their hearts open up to the reality of Jesus Christ. Amen? And so I encourage you, come on. Um, Paul says to the Roman church, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. Number three, Matt, why don't you come up and...
play for me, please? Better than you did for Sarah? <laughs> Thanks, Matthew. It's cheeky, isn't he, Matthew? Number three. They call on God for signs and wonders. Acts chapter 4 and verse 30. Acts chapter 4 and verse 30. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Man, I, I, I read that and I think, man, God, when you answer that prayer, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. God, when you answer that prayer, it's going to be amazing. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. The early church prayed for signs and wonders. Not just turned up to church and thought, I wonder what's going to happen today. I wonder what is going to be preached. wonder if that music's actually going to do anything. wonder how on point the preacher's going to be today. Come on, the early church prayed for signs and wonders. See, God, as we turn up to church today, as we gather today, do miracles, God. Heal, perform signs and wonders. Lord, there's areas where we're stuck and, and just don't know what to do anymore in these areas. Perform a miracle, God. Come on, the early church were hard workers and bold prayers. Come on, they were hard workers and bold prayers. Come on, church, and in the areas of your week, where you go and where you have faith for, say, God, through, through you, remember Acts chapter 4 and verse 30, stretch out your hand to heal, perform signs and wonders through your holy servant, Jesus Christ. Come on, the early church prayed for signs and wonders, and we should too. Acts chapter, oh, Acts chapter 4. Number 4 adding parts to the Bible is not a good idea. Amen. Number four, they call on God for miraculous deliverances for fellow believers. They called on God for miraculous deliverances for fellow believers. Acts chapter 12 and verse 5 and I'm going to read down to verse 12. Verse 5 says in Acts chapter 12, So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. We slip down, it says, When he realized he had been freed, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. Come on, the church, we've got to be praying for our brothers and our sisters. Amen? It's not an easy road walking out the mission of Jesus Christ. And in the early days, people found themselves in prison. These days, too, people find themselves in prison for the cause of Christ. But people find themselves in difficult situations for the cause of Christ. And the church needs to be praying. That's how we live on mission, through prayer. We pray for fellow believers. Amen. Number five, just quickly, they call on God 
for a knowledge of His will. The early church called on God for a knowledge of His will. They wanted to know the will of God as a church, as believers. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. And so from the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. The early church wanted to know the will of God, and so they prayed. Say, God, tell us what you want of us this year. Tell us what you want for our lives. God, we want to know, and we pray for that group of people that they will know the will of God. Amen? Come on, friend, you need to know the will of God. Don't just wait for it to turn up. Ask God, God, what's your will for my life? What do you want me to do now in this season? What's your will on mission? What what do you want, God? They prayed for it. Amen. And number six, as we bring this to a close, they called on God for greater faith. They called on God for greater faith. Mark chapter 9, verse 24. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. See, when people found Christ, they quickly realized that there was something that needed to change in their faith. Just like with prayer, where the disciples in humility said, God, teach us how to pray. It takes a heart attitude of humility to say, God, I I do believe, but help my unbelief. And come on, friend, you've got to constantly say to God, God, help me in the area of faith. Because the Word of God says without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Come on, faith is important for the Christian life. And friend, don't just wait for your faith to improve. Don't just wait around for faith to get better and and doubt to drop off. Speak to God. The early church prayed and said, God, help us with our faith. Amen? And so today, those are six areas that the early church prayed about. I encourage you to pray about as well. So friend, today, as as I bring this to a close, I want to read verse 8 of Luke chapter 11. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity. I I, I want to, if if, if prayer is this important, which I believe it is, if it's this important, and God's saying, I'm wanting, I'm willing to answer your prayers. And I want to give you the Holy Spirit as a helper to enable you to move forward. If it's that important, friend, I think there needs to be a shameless audacity in what we're praying for. I really do. I think if God is willing to to come and enable us to see the mission move forward and His kingdom established, if He's wanting to give His Holy Spirit as a helper, then I think, why not have shameless audacity in what we pray for? 